Hello again, Shackinators. Before we begin, just a few shout-outs. Thank you to Red J for our theme music and Willem for the cover art and being our guest today. Just a reminder that our giveaway is going to stop adding people into the draw on the 31st. You can get your name in the hat to win our first piece of merch by following our Instagram, find the giveaway post, like it, and tag two friends in the comments. Head over to our Facebook group and join it. It is private, but I will let you in as soon as possible. Find the contest post that is pinned and like it, and then invite two friends to the post. This information will all be on the original giveaway posts on both the Instagram and the Facebook group. Also will be explained in the description below. Without further further ado, let's jump into the case of Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy Stanky. On April 23rd, a young boy named Gareth asked his mom if he could call on his friend Jacob Richardson. He had to cancel a sleepover the previous night because his grandma was taking him to a hockey game. Moments after he left, Gareth came running back to his mother and said, quote, Mommy, there's bodies at Jacob's house with blood on them. I saw them through the basement window. End quote. Gareth's mother went to check. She saw Mark Richardson face up with nothing but black boxer shorts and his arms still raised in a fighting position. He was covered in blood, especially in the face. Then, oh, wow. then she saw Mark's wife, Deborah, behind the basement couch, also with large amount of blood leaking out of her. When police arrived at the scene, Jacob was found upstairs dead in his bed. There was large amounts of blood all over the hallway and bedroom, suggesting he fought back. But where was the Richardson daughter, Jasmine? Was she taken? How could this happen to such a beautiful family? We'll find all this out in this episode of Crime Shack. Woohoo! So, hello, Willem. Hello. So, what is your initial thought on this case? Because I know you don't know a lot. Um. Well, my initial thought is that it would must be kind of scary to see murder and a dead body at such a young age. Because mm-hmm. the friend is around like eight years old, because that's how old Jacob is, right? So. Yes. What a great way to wake up as a mother. Imagine oh, yes. your young child coming up to you like, Hey, yo, Mom, I saw dead people. Come check this out. That's not a good day. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Um, Mark and Deborah Richardson were married in 1991 and completed their loving family by having two children, Jasmine and Jacob. Mark was a mechanic and a welder. Deborah enjoyed studying native spirituality. So, like, dream catchers. Yeah. Um, Jasmine and Jacob got along well, frequently hanging out with each other despite the four-year age age gap. Sorry. Um, The family was perfect. They had no dark secrets. They had no problems. They were like the happiest family in Medicine Hat, according to the family and friends. 
they're like the Tanners from Full House. They yeah. Are. Also, like, this is a Canadian case, by the way. Oh, I, I did not know that. Yeah, it's in Alberta. Alberta. Mm-hmm. I didn't even try. I got two Canadians this month. That that I should get a reward. There aren't <laughs> there aren't many Canadians. Like most of my cases are from the U.S. <laughs> Very surprising. I got two Canadas. Um, Jasmine yeah. was a sweet little girl was very friendly and loved. She um, enjoyed drawing and music. She also went to a Christian school where she had many friends. By grade seven, so a year younger than us, she began getting into the goth, goth culture. She started to wear darker clothes with dark makeup. She began to get into trouble at school because the dress code violations, but Mark and Deborah brushed it off because she wasn't hurting anyone and they were just chill parents. Like, they didn't care at all because... Yeah, because I, I guess it wasn't that mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. Plus, I feel like now is when she started getting further and further away from them because it's like your preteen years. You can either go one of two ways. You can either be a yeah. jerk and then end off good or you can be a jerk and then be Jasmine Richardson. So don't raise a Jasmine Richardson. Um, Jasmine also looked much older than 12. She went on many social media websites where she posts as a 16-year-old. On her social media, she listed her interests as hatchets, serial killers, criminal psychology, blood, moonlight, human anatomy, and some other revolting things. Oh, God. I I agree with the serial killers and criminal psychologies because those are interesting things. I have an entire podcast on it. But the other thing, hatchets? Moonlight? And the moon. Yeah. The moon. Why? Oh, get, get ready, because it's time to read her bio. Are you ready? Yes. Quote, I am the almighty jazz. Bow down. I think deep thoughts. I am quite emotional, and my mood is ever-changing, although I can be good at hiding my feelings. I don't trust easily. I either have lots of energy or little. Those are the options. I like to make attempts at poetry. I am afraid of llamas. I am told I am mentally screwed up often. I am loud and bounce a lot. When I am hyper, I like to dress up as Edward Scissorhands. Other people live in my head with me. I like random questions. I like to pretend I am a gangster sometimes. Don't worry, I'm not. Yeah, sometimes I watch Teen Titans because I'm that cool. I play guitar and I suck. End quote. Yeah, but why would you want to name everything bad about you? Why is she afraid of llamas? That's a very good question. I love llamas. 
<laughs> I, I want a llama farm, and she's scared. I'm sure there are many more scary things than a llama. <laughs> and she's the one who puts hatchets down as her interests. Oh my. <laughs> Pro tip to keep away the killers. Buy a llama. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Jasmine really tried her best to portray herself as an older bad girl. As you can tell. By the way, I love the little end note of, I play the c guitar and I suck. <laughs> Just yeah, letting you know, in case you were wondering on my guitar status, I suck. <laughs> now it's time to look into a little bit of Mr. Stanky. So Jeremy Stanky lived in a trailer with his mom. Jeremy's birth father was no longer around. His birth father used to always come home drunk. Always. He would often beat Jeremy even as a toddler. Jeremy's mom and dad often, they did split up. After two years, they got back together, had a daughter, and then split again after seven. So, Jeremy was, like, around 10 years old, I guess. Um, Jeremy's mom remarried, and his stepdad was not much better. He was a weekend drinker and had three kids of his own. Jeremy's mom testified in court that, quote, If one did something wrong and wouldn't tell the truth, he'd line all five up and swat their hands with paint sticks until one admitted doing it, end quote. She also testified that he used to tie children to chairs to watch others get abused. <sighs> you see, one thing I did not expect to find on this podcast research was how many terrible punishments people come up with. Like, yes. even last episode, who makes their children stand on their tippy toes for hours with knives under their feet? What? What in your brain decided, I know, I'll tie them up to chairs and abuse the others? <laughs> Who would do that, though? Out of all things. Weekend drinkers, apparently. Um, finally, Jeremy's mom left that stepfather, however, gave Jeremy another one soon after, and he was the worst yet. Worst one. Um, he once pushed Jeremy into a deep freezer, which injured his head. He also grabbed Jeremy by the neck and gave him a series of uppercuts and blows to the back of his head when he tried to stand up for his mother during a dis domestic dispute. There is the key head trauma this story really needed. That's a deep freezer. Yeah, so like a large freezer. Yeah. You know when people usually say, like, the body was found in the freezer? Like, that kind of freezer. Like, a freezer yeah, but big enough for that. Things. I hate the most yeah. is the mother. I despise the mother already. Oh, yeah, he stood yeah, up yeah. for me, but then my husband that I chose to bring into my home and raise my child pushed him into a deep freezer and grabbed him by the neck and punched him. I didn't do anything. It's his fault, though. 
It's like you accepted that thing. And he was sticking up for her. This is some backward, twisted stuff I will never understand. Never. Um, in school, Jeremy was often bullied and called Stinky, which is, like, literally his last name. Really? This bullying- yeah, his name is Jeremy Stanky. Oh, God. I can see that. <laughs> the bullying was inevitable. You cannot. True. <laughs> um, Jeremy dropped out of school three months into 10th grade. Um, he had taken up self-harm as a hobby, but also believed himself to be a 300-year-old werewolf. A werewolf? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> For 300 years? Yep, he's been around for a while. You can tell. He must have seen some stuff then. Out of all the things, why did he pick a werewolf? Uh, why did he pick 300 years old? Yeah. Why? An excellent question. Why? Um, Jeremy also took up drinking, which he did a lot of, in fact, when he was only 15 years old, so like two years older than us, he drank so much that he would pass out cold in the, pass out in the cold weather outside and had to be hospitalized because of hypothermia. Yeah, but see, you're, it's not even legal to drink at 15. No. Well, I assume... So my question is, how did he get away with it in just well, broad daylight? I assume it was nighttime, because okay. no one just passes a pass... Well, maybe, yeah, people pass passed out drunk people all the time, because you don't want to get, like, attacked, but... I assume but it's you night. <laughs> don't want to like go in the street and pass out there. Yeah, if if you see someone laying there, yell at them. Maybe toss a small rock. Don't go close. If they don't wake enough. up. If they don't wake up, maybe maybe call nine one one. Say, hey yo, there this dude pass out. I ain't going to him. You can check it out. <laughs> hey yes. Save yourself. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go near. Yeah. Um, by 22, Jeremy was into goth and younger girls. He dated a 17-year-old girl for a while. She claimed that she only knew 10% of him. He could change in a blink of an eye. He also spoke to himself at the night. After the two broke up, Jeremy began dating younger and younger girls. Jeremy and his mother also moved around a lot but seemingly settled in Medicine Hat, where 12-year-old Jasmine Richardson lived. So, dating younger and younger girls, why do people find small children attractive? That is, I have no clue. Oh, it, it might, know what it might be? It might be something to do with head trauma. 
because I read somewhere or heard something that was like, when you damage your frontal lobe, I think that's center for a reason. And if you damage that, that's why most serial killers have head trauma. That's why I pointed out, Ayo, Jeremy screwed up. That's why we went down the long list of stepfathers. Well, that Um, makes sense. Yeah. So next chapter I have is called New Friends. Because in 2005, a 13-year-old schoolmate named Kaylee introduced Jasmine and Jeremy because they were both into goth and energetic. Because if you remember in Jasmine's bio, she enjoys to bounce a lot. Oh. Yes. Um, just to point out, Kaylee was also a wreck and a runaway, which will come in a little later. Kaylee was a hot mess. Anyway, um, Jasmine was getting into arguments with her parents for hanging out with older men. So she found herself grounded often. Jeremy wasn't the only older man, though. (laughs) She often hung out with two men in their 20s, ready for their names. Oh, no. Okay, Raymond, which isn't that bad. And Trenchcoat. Oh, God. Really? Yes. Is it Trenchcoat? Yep, Trenchcoat. Oh. Wow. I'm crying again. When I found that, I had to stop. I had to stop the thing I was playing. And I just had to sit for a second and process this information. I hope his mother actually named him Trenchcoat, and it isn't just a nickname given to him. Yes. If so, how did you get the nickname Trenchcoat? I really don't know. How did he? You know, the, like, the first day you met the gang, you were wearing a trench coat. Like a neon orange trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's, I'm not gonna lie, I hope it. he also gave it to himself. Where he's like, BTK, and he's like, you have these choices as my nicknames? Oh, trench coat. Wise choice. <laughs> Um, despite being grounded for most weekends, Jasmine often snuck out to punk shows with these friends. In February 2006, near Valentine's Day, 23-year-old Jeremy asked 12-year-old Jasmine to be his girlfriend, which she accepted. Yeah. Well, um, if a twenty-four-year-old yes. if a twenty-four-year-old girl asked you to be her boyfriend, what would you say? No. Know what it is, That's though. It. Know what it is. They hang out with the younger people because you're like, oh my gosh, he thinks I'm prettier and smarter than all the people his age. He doesn't. It's just that all the people his age thinks he's a loser. And the only person he can pick up is a 12-year-old girl. Really? Mm-hmm. So if that person is 
more than like these guys have an 11 years age difference i'm disappointed in humanity <laughs> um the couple kept the relationship a secret from jasmine's parents clearly mark and deborah um, it was evident that they would not approve of this, which is reasonable. Um, Jazz and Wolfie also wrote songs and poems to each other. One of Jeremy's poems was called Till Death Do Us Part, which I will now read to you. Are you ready? Yes. You're the blood that flows through my veins. You're the sun breaking through the cloud as it rains. My love is for you forever. As we die here together, we will be together forever till death do us part. Oh, God. <laughs> a 23-year-old man sent this to a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> also, as, as soon as it said together forever all i could think of was the gingerbread man from shrek in the halloween special together forever all i could oh think my of gosh. that's all i could think of the gingerbread from <laughs> shrek it does that's what it sounds like um oh get ready cuz these two are losers too they frequently sent each other emails often using cringy words such as teehee Cuddle Bunny, and spelt cool, spelt K-E-W-L. Oh, please stop. Stop it. <laughs> Why oh, spell it like that? I don't know. What got me was tee-hee. They spell tee-hee in every single one of their sentences. Every sentence? Okay, maybe I'm exaggerated, but I wanted to I wanted to throw my phone across the room. I hated it. I could not deal with it. Um, in some of the messages shared, Jasmine tells Jeremy that she wants everyone to die and the world to burn. As one does. Um, what Jazz and Wolfie didn't know was that Mark and Deborah was secretly monitoring Jasmine's social media. Which you could imagine their reaction. Could you imagine, as a parent, finding this on your daughter's computer? Uh, oh, God. No. Oh, gosh. These parents are having a rough time. Um, they did not approve of the relationship, so she was grounded from her computer as well. However, Jasmine found a way around this and used library computers. Um, Jasmine and Jeremy often complained to Jasmine about Jasmine's parents to their friends, but they didn't find much comfort since all of their friends felt that the relationship was disgusting. Like, wouldn't you though? Yeah, if my best friend Raph. Same age as Jasmine Richardson was when she annihilated her family. And if Raphael was dating a 23-year-old man who used words like teehee and kill and cuddle bunny and 
thought he was a 300-year-old were werewolf. Where Let's not forget that. He's a werewolf, too, guys. Um, <laughs> if she ever did that? Oh, good gosh. I, I, I don't even know... I don't even know what, what? I would do. Because <laughs> on one hand, I want to save myself and my family and just leave her. On the other hand, I don't want her to murder or be murdered. <laughs> I don't know what I would even do. <laughs> Me neither. Um, at one of their secret meetups, Jeremy gave Jasmine a vial of his own blood, then sent her an email that said, Are you ready? Are you ready? Quote, what are your words on expressing your thoughts about the item of love I gave to you? End quote. What are your words on expressing your thoughts about the item of love I gave to you? Wow. That's just the longest possible way you could say, did you like it? What are your words? N know what she responded? What? Yay. Why yay? <laughs> that, that was her words. Why? Like, that, those Why were her yay? words of expressing her thoughts of the item of love he gave to her. Oh my. <laughs> this gave me such a headache and I laughed way harder than I should yeah. have at a murder case. No. First is like hee hee and so cool a wrong way. Let, let's and not forget this. Cuddle Bunny. Oh my god. Oh. No. And they often wrote poems and songs to each other. I did not have Why? I did not have the time nor the space to write every single one of them. It was tempting though. Like, it was really tempting. Um the couple yeah. wanted to spray across Canada which would be bad, and copied the greatest love story of all time, in their opinion, Natural Born Killers. Now, I haven't seen this movie, but according to IMDb, this movie is about two victims of traumatized childhoods become lovers and psychopathic serial murderers irresponsibly glorified by the mass media. So take that information as you will. Um, while all this was happening, Mark and Deborah were desperate to get the old Jasmine back, so they went to family counseling. Reasonable thing to do if your daughter is dating a wolf man. Um, it actually seemed to be working, so Mark and Deborah allowed Jasmine to go to her punk shows on weekends, as long as they were there with her. However, it all ended because they lost her for a hot second and then later on found her making out with Jeremy in an alley. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, after this, Jasmine was really leaning into the fact that she wanted to kill her family. Um, she even had a text conversation with Jeremy about it. Quote, it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you, end quote. To which Jeremy replied, quote, Well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little bit more creative with, like, 
details and stuff, end quote. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. um, the couple spoke very openly with their friends about this. Jeremy even posted a poem on his social media, which I have. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> quote, my girlfriend's family are totally unfair. They say they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume. As their griefs come to consume. She, slowly, she is slowly going insane. She continues to think I came into her life to help her out. Stop what they keep trying to shout. It's all total trash. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the trash they have done. Especially when I see to it they have gone. They shall pay for their insolence. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall hey, be now. painted. End quote. That's just proving that he's a murderer. Like, oh, yeah. that easy. The, the what do you call it? technological footprint on this is insane that's why these guys were caught <laughs> that's why they are evicted yeah. of three counts of murder each but okay um and i would assume that it didn't take long to catch them oh no it took them like two days oh gosh um jasmine at this point was begging for jeremy to murder her family then they would run off to Jer jeremy <laughs> Germany, <laughs> Germany, and buy a castle and live happily ever after. With what a money? Castle? Yeah. A castle. Um, I don't think you can buy them. With what money? <laughs> that as well. What money? <laughs> also, Jeremy, you're an alcoholic, and Jasmine is 12 years old. Um, Jeremy was even writing about it on social media that he was going to harm Mark and Deborah. He even wrote a song about it. I don't have the song, sadly. I would love to hear the song. I would love to hear the song. Um, on Saturday, April 22nd, the day before the murder, the Richardson family had a barbecue, as they often did. While Jasmine was enjoying her hot dogs with her parents and brother, Jeremy was having a difficult day. Jeremy sat alone in his house, house, drinking as much as he could get his hands on. When he ran out of his house, at his house, a very intoxicated Jeremy went to his friend's house, Jordan. Jeremy began to beg Jordan for help killing Jasmine's parents, but Jordan refused. Now, Jordan wasn't the only one of Jeremy's friends that he asked for help in committing these murders. He had asked so many people, in fact, that he became concerned about tip someone tipping off police. Jeremy told- Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't have said anyone, but he's stupid, and so. Yeah, because anyone could have told the police, hey, yeah, buddy over here is gonna- well, people either got this threat that I'm about to say, or were too drunk and thought he was just kidding. So, um, Jeremy told Jordan that if the police found out that he would kill 
everyone he has ever asked, because he would never know who ratted him out. Jordan replied by saying, so you're gonna kill a bunch of innocent people? To which Jeremy responded, yes. And he would kill their families too. That was enough to keep many people's mouths shut. Jeremy spent his night re-watching Natural Born Killers, which is not something he should do, but that gave him the last bit of inspiration that he needed. And now it's time to get into the Richardson murder. The Richardson house was dark. It was now early morning on the 23rd. Jeremy threw a pine cone at Jasmine's window to wake her up, ran down to the basement, let him through through the basement window. He made a lot of noise. He was so intoxicated, he was bouncing off the walls. Deborah heard this, and she thought, she must have thought, that Jasmine was sneaking out since she has done it before. So Deborah went to investigate the basement. When Deborah went downstairs, she was greeted by Jeremy, unfortunately. Quickly, Jeremy attacked Deborah, stabbing her to death. Mark was now awakened by all of the commotion and sprang from his bed to head down to the basement, grabbing a screwdriver on his way down. He immediately threw himself at Jeremy, and they began to fight. Now, I don't know where Jasmine was because it says Jeremy was fighting her dad. However, um, she also saw her mom at the bottom of the stairs, but she was the one who let Jeremy through the window. How did she sneak back past both of her parents when they rushed downstairs? Just kind of confused by this series of events during her mother's murder. There could be other rooms in the basement. I don't know how this house is laid out. Regardless, Jeremy and Mark were fighting each other. Um, for their lives when Jeremy knocked the screwdriver out of Mark's hand and beat him. Before he died, Mark asked Jeremy why, to which he replied, quote, Because you treat your daughter like trash. It's what your daughter wanted, end quote. Mark died. Oh, wow. Yep. Mark died fighting and hearing that his daughter... The little girl he raised and loved wanted him dead. So that's what Gareth found like the next afternoon because he wanted a play date mid after, not mid after, late afternoon. Um, Jasmine and Jeremy met upstairs in the kitchen. Jasmine thanked Jeremy and kissed him before heading upstairs to where Jacob was. The eight-year-old brother. Um, Jacob really? Had, yeah. Jacob had heard everything downstairs and was curled up in his bed asking Jasmine what was going on. She told him to go to sleep and put her arm around his throat. She was trying to strangle him, but he escaped. He ran into the hallway where a stumbling Jeremy either blocked his ex- blocked his ex- Sorry, I can't talk. Um, blocked his exit. Jasmine and Jeremy say to each other, say each other delivered the fatal blow to Jacob, yet both the hallway and the boy's bedroom was covered in his blood. It is said that Jacob fought as hard, fought hard, even used his toy lightsaber, which he wanted to be a Jedi when he grew up. 
from Star Wars. Um, he died on his bed with wounds to his chest, neck, and at the hands of his big sister that he looked up to and her boyfriend. According to Jeremy, Jasmine calmly rinsed the knife she used and went to get her packed suitcase in her mother's purse. Jasmine, being left at the house because Jeremy was so stressed out and, like, ran away in a panic, um, she called a cab at about 5.25 a.m. They met at Jeremy's trailer to tidy up. And now we're just going to take a real quick break for a few short advertisements. Thanks, guys. Are you into Pokemon but can't find a good YouTube channel? I got something for you. Go to Shadow Squad channel and join Shadow as he plays Pokemon Pearl, Pokemon Shield, and Pokemon Go with many more games. Join him within the next two weeks for his premiere. Again, that is Shadow Squad on YouTube. Link is down below. Again, Shadow Squad on YouTube. Link is down below in the description. Thank you. Back at the crime scene of the murders, police were concerned that Jasmine had been kidnapped. And to hopefully get some clues, they went to her school, which makes sense. The school counselor opened Jasmine's locker for investigators. A piece of paper fell out of the locker. On this piece of paper was three stick figures being burned alive while two others watched laughing. Well, much for a 12-year-old. That's a little harsh. (laughs) Um, For a stick figure. Stick figures, too, right? Um, It also had a note that read, quote, My hatred and anger built of blazing infernos fill you and overcome. May the pains of a thousand tortured souls come to spawn you like scalding blades and eclipse all their knobbed fueling. May your hopes, dreams, and happiness fall into the swirling pit of dispute, never to return. May your peace of mind and safety be gone to you, to be forever afraid and allied. May the black overcome you, and pain never ending. May all your love be stolen and destroyed, just out of reach, never to, never again feel such joy. Amen. End quote. This is when police stopped thinking she was kidnapped. Um, around this, yeah, yeah. Um, around this time, police also had a blood splatter analyst go to the Richardson home, um, to kind of give them an idea on what happened and what were the events. The analyst noticed that Deborah didn't really move around and died rather quickly. Mark fought, and he fought hard until his dying breath. Constantly fighting, and if you remember when he was found, his arms were still raised up in a fighting position. And so, yes. he died till he died. And Jacob, well, he fought just as hard as his dad. Um... Less than 24 hours after committing triple murder, Jasmine and Jeremy decided to head out to a party, as one does. Um, Witnesses say at the party, uh, Jeremy was a hot mess. He even confessed to his friend James, saying, quote, gutted like a fish, end quote. Jasmine added, quote, my little brother gargled, end quote. At the party, Jasmine Jasmine's friend Kaylee 
the one who introduced her and Jeremy in the first place, the hot mess. Um, well, yeah. she was headed to a neighboring town leader with some other friends, and they asked Jeremy and Jasmine if they wanted a lift. Let's be clear, Kaylee did not know about the murders. She assumed that they wanted to run away together. However, around this time, police released pictures of Jasmine and Jeremy to the public, which resulted in many people calling police with tips, which is probably all the people Jeremy threatened. Little did they know, a rookie cop from Leader, like, first shift ever, he received the bulletin about Jeremy and Jasmine with the tip that they may be heading his way. Assuming they'd need to stop for gas, he decided to camp out at the town's biggest gas station to see if they'd show up. After a few hours, at 7 a.m., so he was camping out for a while, um, the cr- truck matching the description in the bulletin pulled up to the gas station. Kaylee and other girls, who were also taking a ride, had to stop at the gas station to fill up their truck that they were all traveling in. When they went to pay and pick up food and drinks and everything, they saw the newspaper with Jasmine's face on it and the information on Jasmine's murder. Um, Jasmine's family's murder. Jasmine is dead. Um, so here's the killer. Before they went back to show their friend that her family is murdered, they say, oh, let's just pick up some food and drinks first and then go show her. And so that's what they did. <laughs> um... They all thought that this would destroy Jasmine's world when they showed her the newspaper about the murder. But to their surprise, Jasmine giggled. And all Jeremy could say was that the photo didn't even look like her. The picture was of Jasmine. (sighs) That freezer must have really banged up his brain. Because if he's this stupid... Um, what do you think? What would you think? I feel that, like, it's a bit suspicious that, like, laughing Mm -hmm. at the paper, that is definitely one hint. Yeah, one hint. And the friends got a little suspicious, too, but they took off from the gas station and pulled into a nearby high school parking lot where Jasmine and Jeremy told them what to say for an alibi if police asked. With all this alibi making, everyone got very tired and decided to take a nap. (laughs) Hey guys, just killed my family. Let's just sleep on it, okay? Sounds like a plan. Very good plan. Very good plan. Meanwhile, while all of the... All of them were napping. The rookie cop had followed them from the gas station and was awaiting backup. When backup arrived, they ambushed the truck with the napping fugitives. Um, The police arrested everyone in the car, putting all the girls in one and Jeremy alone in the other. As Jeremy was being placed in the car, he yelled, quote, Tell my mom she can have my TV and that I love her. End quote. Um, They were all taken to the police station and put into different holding cells. Back in Medicine Hat, the autopsies were being performed on the Richardsons. Now, this is important because first thing that they look at is lividity, which is when the body has been in the same place for a long period of time and the blood falls to the lowest point of gravity and turns purplish. Lividity was 
lividity was not found in any of the bodies. So, due to lack of blood left in the bodies, which tells you how much blood was at the scene. Imagine little Gareth. He, he went to his friend's... Do you think Gareth could have stopped the entire murder? Perhaps. Gareth was supposed to have a sleepover. But then he went to the hockey game with his gram. And so... Uh-oh. It could have stopped all of this. Well, for yeah, him. For, for a night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so sad. Um, Deborah had 12 stab wounds, including one to a major artery that killed her almost immediately. Um, Mark had 24 stab wounds. No particular one caused his death. It was the combination of them all and mass blood loss that caused his, him to die. Jacob was the most violently injured, most of which is too gruesome for me to go into detail in this podcast. Just know that Jasmine did not show any mercy to her little brother at all. Um, Deborah, Mark, and Jacob all had defensive wounds. They all fought before they died. Now we got Jasmine in custody, Jeremy in custody. They have all this evidence. That's when Youth Criminal Justice Act in Canada comes in. So that Jasmine's name can no longer be published, and she became a, when she became a suspect in the murders, she also had to sign a youth waiver and caution form before each interrogation to eliminate any false confession, confession, or intimidation towards a minor, to protect their rights in an interrogation. It also protects police and the case from false accusations afterwards. Investigators decided that. Both a that approach and the Kugai approach is the best way to go through with Jasmine. Um, Jasmine blamed Jeremy for all the murders, whereas Jeremy blamed Jacob's murder on Jasmine and the other two on his intoxication during the murders. Police asked Jasmine to write an apology letter to her family, which she did, and I have. Wait, why would you write an apology to each? Well, it's pretty much... Okay, write me your confession. That's that's what they're going uh, for. The first five words, I'm going to make you hate this girl. Are you ready? Yeah. Quote, Dear my loverly parental units. Are you kidding me? No. I want to The pun- one that I just murdered. Hello. Dear my loverly parental units, I am writing in response to the events of Sunday morning. A terrible thing happened. A thing I feel was all my fault. You were the one with the knife. Well, no, Jeremy was. But you let him in. You asked him to murder them. It is your fault. Feel sorry. Which she doesn't. Like, she was fake crying the entire time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's lying in the letter. Um, You must know, I love you all. And are in my prayers. I wish peace. Well, my voice went weird. I wish peace upon your souls in the Summerland. Which is a part of um, native spirituality. It to my little brother, I apologize for letting you hear what happened. Also for causing you any pain for frightening you so much. To my parents, I hope you know that although all has happened, 
I loved you the whole time. Sure you did. I wish I could take uh, back everything. I wish I could take everything back. I wish I hadn't had. I wish it hadn't happened at all. My tongue is twisted. Okay. Um. I wish you were with me right now because now I have no one. I pray you could forgive me and Jeremy too because he was under the influence of mind-altering substances and did it out of love for me. He is most possibly the kindest person I have ever met. You have a sad life if that's the kindest person you've ever met, girl. His wish for being my happiness. Through all the fights and hatred exchanged, I still love you. I'm sorry my sarcasm was taken to heart. I never meant to harm you. I pray you be at peace somehow. End quote. Oh, I hate this girl. Wow. I hate her so much. I hate her. Um, after this, police offered to exchange notes for Jasmine and Jeremy as a way to communicate with each other, um, which was never used for a murder investigation before, which is fun. Um, but they felt that this is the only way that they could get to them, and they might say something to each other that they weren't saying to the police. Of course, these notes were cringy, uh, all love talk. At one point, Jeremy proposed to Jasmine. Which, In a note? Yep, which she said yes to. Let me say this again out loud. She is 12 years old, he is 23, and now they are apparently getting married. Um, in prison? On paper? Apparently. Um, in court, Jasmine was convicted of three counts of first-degree murder and given a sentence of six years in prison and four years in IRCS, Intensive Re Rehabilitation Custody Supervision, which is the longest sentence that could ever be given to a minor, which sucks. Um, also, because she was a minor, upon release, she was given a new identity in her record expunged, which means... She doesn't have to tell anyone if she gets a new job. She doesn't have to tell them she brutally murdered someone. If, no one has to know that she she could be working at a daycare. And she'd be laughing oh about my brother gargled. Like, why? Um, Jeremy was convicted of all three counts of first degree murder and got a lifetime sentence with no chance of parole until 25 years served which means that Jasmine has been free since September 2011, and Jeremy will be able to be released in 2034. And that, my friends, is the terrifying and revolting case of Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy Stank. What are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> things did go pretty south at some point. <laughs> we were laughing about trench coat, and then we went to murder. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I don't like that the longest you can get is 10 years. Now what you should do, you should get, okay, you're a minor, 10 years. But then after, be retried. To see if you are dangerous to society still. Yeah, and one thing that really bothered me was the letters. 
all the letters and the emails. Tee hee. Oh my gosh. Willem, wasn't that a cool case? <laughs> I'm gonna be saying that all the time just to annoy you. Yep. <laughs> um, we also barely touched on the fact that Jeremy thought he was a werewolf, which allow me to say some people said other than his occasional threat to eat people, he was a pretty chill guy. Eat people? Eat people. Oh my. He needs help. <laughs> he needs so much help. Um, so I, I think that's all to cover. We covered quite a bit in the original information. Um, thank you very much for coming today. Thank you, our listeners. Thank list you for having me. No problem. Come back anytime. And thank you to our listeners. Don't forget, pretty soon our giveaway is going to be over. Get to our giveaway posts. Look in the description. Do anything you can to enter the giveaway because on the 31st, you can no longer enter. And on the 1st, I will be sending out a bonus episode of who won and just some basic information you need to know about murderers and serial killers and all. Um, just to help you if you don't understand anything in the podcast. Um, this has been Crime Check, where the only four-letter word we use here is kill, and we hope you had a good time. Have a good night, everyone.